Start your day the right way by taking charge of your physical and mental fitness. It's important to know your numbers. They determine if your blood pressure is high or low, your cholesterol balance, even your blood sugar level, heart rate, and much more. Get tested by visiting your doctor, clinic, or stop by at any health center closest to you. Take control today. This message is from Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. This is Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. This month is the Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the month of October. And we will be talking about breast cancer, living beyond breast cancer. And with me, I have two of my favorite people to talk to, um, Dr. Chumi and Abigail. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Dr. Chumi and Abigail, for being on the program once more to talk about this very important topic. I mean, a lot of people think, you know, why, why do we keep talking about breast cancer all the time? Why don't we you sort of give it a break? Dr. Dr. Chumi, can you tell us why, why do you keep talking about it? Well, uh, that's a, an excellent question. Uh, breast cancer is the most common cancer that we struggle with in Nigeria. The top cancers in Nigeria will be breast, cervical, prostate, and colorectal cancers. There are many others, but these are the ones that are most common. And um, it is important for us to address uh, these cancers. Well, can you tell us about it? What is breast cancer and what do people need to know about it? It's uh, really important for everybody to realize that breast cancer is a disease that for the most part just happens on its own. It's not because uh, anybody has done anything bad or evil. Um, it's actually the minority of cases that have any kind of genetic disposition or that you know, somebody inherits from their family. Most breast cancers just happen for no reason. And there's, uh, there's nobody that is exempt. So it's nobody's portion. We all need to be aware that uh, uh, breast cancer can happen in anybody, even in men, both men and women, but obviously it's more common in women. So understanding breast cancer, I mean, you've said it can happen to anybody, but are there risk factors? Are there things that cause it? Are there things that people can do to prevent themselves having it? Well, that, these are good questions too. Um, you know, avoid you know, having, like most things, having a, a healthy diet, you know, plenty of fruits and vegetables, uh, avoiding red meat, uh, you know, exercise. These are all things that are known to be useful. Uh, sometimes there's certain uh, use of uh, contraceptive hormones that might give a little bit of predisposition if somebody has a strong family history of breast cancer in the first degree relatives like mom or sister, uh, those might uh, increase one's uh, likelihood of getting it. But um, these are, again, some things that are well known. But for the most part, uh, most breast cancers um, are not easy to prevent, but we can uh, engage in some of these healthy uh, lifestyle habits uh, that can be useful. So, I mean, you have a lot of experience from the US. You're one of our great diasporans who set up something here in Nigeria too. And you're working here in Nigeria. So, what have you brought back? What are, what are the latest thoughts? What are the latest trends in terms of breast cancer? We are finding this treatment now. People are living longer. Why? How? Well, I, th I always like to go with the basic 
things, you know. So um, in as much as they are fancy new drugs, the biggest impact comes from early detection. So that is why breast cancer screening is so important. Every woman that, um, you know, gets to puberty needs to learn how to do monthly breast self-breast exams. If there is something different in one's breast, it's important to have that evaluated. Um, then when people get to like 40 years of age, it's important to do clinical breast exams, okay, nurse or a doctor, but do annual mammograms. Um, so it's a basic x-ray test to detect things even before they can be felt. Um, so uh, these things are getting cheaper and cheaper, but doing this once a year can help detect things uh, at a stage where they can be uh, more readily cured. But if uh, any girl, any woman feels a lump in her breast, it's important to have that uh, checked out by a doctor. And even we doctors uh, need to be aware that it doesn't mean that every breast lump, uh, the first thing to do is to, to cut. Sometimes uh, just doing a needle biopsy can give us information so we can plan the proper surgery. So um, if somebody... Me, sorry, can I just stop you there? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by take a needle biopsy and plan the problem? Could you explain that a bit more? Yes, yes. Thank you very much. I think this is a very important point I wanted to convey. Um, the, the, the testing can be done effectively with a needle biopsy. So there's something called a fine needle aspiration uh, biopsy. There's something called a core needle biopsy. Even the core needle biopsy is something we, we really favor, we really like. But a, a preliminary diagnosis can also be made with a fine needle aspiration. But we use a needle to get enough tissue to do all the analysis we need including these fancy receptors we need to check out for if somebody happens to have breast cancer. So that allows us to decide, does somebody need chemotherapy first? Does somebody need to have surgery where the whole thing can be removed without removing the entire breast, but making sure that everything is removed completely? It tells us, you know, what type of analysis of the lymph glands in the armpits that we need to do. So it gives us important information because sometimes we'll just rush in and, and remove it, but it's removed incompletely. And it kind of makes uh, the proper management a little bit uh, less organized or less straightforward. So I'm really hoping that uh, if somebody happens to have a lump, we can you know do more of needle biopsies rather than just going to cut them out. Well, fortunately, a lot of doctors do listen to this program, so I'm sure a number of them are listening here now. And I think understanding that perhaps that is the way to go, because I think in the past, they've always thought, oh, if there's a lump, any lump, take it out. But as you said, there's a, there, there are other things to consider um, in taking out the lump. So planning for that lump is also important. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I think that that's something that we really need to take back. So with all this, uh, obviously, you know, improvement in you know, getting diagnosis in time and all that. In the past, in Nigeria, we always had a problem. People always presented late, getting masses, etc. With a lot of education and so on, would you say that there's been progress or we're having people presenting earlier now? Yes, there's been tremendous progress. We are 
beginning to pick out lumps at a, at a, or breast cancers at an earlier stage where effective treatment can be done. People can be cured. Breast cancer is not a death sentence. People can be cured. And even if it's more advanced where they present, yes, we have good uh, agents that we can use, uh, depending again on the specific type of breast cancer, because there are different types based on these receptors. I don't want to get too technical, but there are three receptors that tell us a little bit about the type of breast cancer. And sometimes hormonal treatment is important. Chemotherapy, there are some specific things we call targeted therapy that can be applied. So we have normally um, a forum for the different specialists, whether it's the people who come from, who are doing surgery or chemotherapy or radiation to get involved. The pathologists, the radiologists, we get together, we meet, we discuss patients, and then we can come up with very um, kind of evidence-based uh, rational treatment plans that we can then offer patients to give them a high chance of cure. No, I think that's really excellent. And that's what has actually informed the topic of our, what we have now, which is called living beyond breast cancer. So the issue for us is that now that we're talking about living beyond cancer, you know, you've talked about making the diagnosis, you've talked about treatment. Should we start that conversation? You know, what do you think or what do you think of when I say we're talking about living beyond breast cancer? What comes to mind? From my perspective, you're talking about survivorship. And um, and I think that's an excellent uh, topic. Uh, it's very important for our community to understand that um, there is life beyond your diagnosis of breast cancer, that uh, you can get effective treatment right now in Nigeria, be cured and move on with your life. Um, as I'm sure Abigail will talk about, you know, the ability, the importance of completing your treatment, following up, getting the right treatment. Again, there's nothing wrong with people uh, getting nutritional supplements or things like that, but do not run away uh, when you have an opportunity to apply modern medicine to your disease. Um, it's okay to have uh, supplements. It's okay to be a prayerful person, but uh, we don't want to put our heads in the sand and not get the treatment. When we after with the treatment, then there are other things that can be done to improve quality of life. And I'm sure Abigail will be able to talk about some of that. I think we need to really be you know, appreciative of modern medicine, really. Would you say that everything that anybody would need that they could have abroad, they can have here now in Nigeria. Because now you can do the, the biopsies the way you described them. You can do the, um, you know, have the test, find out about the markers, the receptors. You can find that out here in Nigeria, the way you described them. And the treatment is available here now, isn't it? I agree. It's all available, including breast conservation surgery. Thank you very much. You're listening to Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela. Thank you very much, Abigail, for coming and sharing with us on this program once more. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. We're talking about living beyond breast cancer. Can you tell us your own story and, and share with us what you think our people should know? Okay, I was diagnosed in 2014, six months after I lost my mother to leukemia. And what is really, really important is that 
I felt something was wrong. And I always say never underestimate your gut feel. I'd had a mammogram done and I had very dense breasts. And my gut was something was wrong. So I was going on holiday. So I decided to redo the mammogram. And they also did a breast ultrasound. And then they did a, a fine true cut biopsy. And that's how they picked up the cancer. That's, so I'm really an advocate for true cut biopsy. So I had a true cut biopsy before I had the mastectomy. Once they confirmed it was cancer, I, I opted for a total mastectomy. And I actually had both breasts removed because when they now did the pathology on the left breast, I had stage zero breast cancer in the left. So, um, and, and, and one thing I would say, um, what was really important to me was the doctor was, when you understand, then you're not afraid. Fear comes in when you don't know what you're dealing with. And so I read everything readable about breast cancer I read. I, I had a very good support structure. It's so important to have positive people around you. You know, um, I stayed away from negative people. And I think that's what kept me sane and kept me going. Um, I remember when my sisters got the news and they were a bit upset, I actually told them to stay away until they could deal with it. Because I just couldn't cope with people crying around me. I was trying to come to terms with it. So I found that having very positive people around me was really important. Another thing that I found that was so important for me was people not saying too much. You know, the challenge when, you're, when, you're, when you have cancer is that people start saying things like, it is well. That is my, that is my red flag. Because at that point in time, it is not well. It's everything but well. So it's so important that people come, like I have people who say, look, I'll bring you some food. Don't worry, you don't have to cook. People just come and give me a hug. You know, I don't know what it is about human beings that they always feel they have to say something. And I just say, look, if you have nothing to say, don't say anything at all. You're better off just giving a hug. Oh, if, if the person has children, can I pick your kids from school? Can I bring you some food? Can I do something? So a support structure is really what got me through this. My faith was also really important. And the challenge that we have here is that there's not enough being done with, with faith leaders. We need to get pastors, imams, traditional rulers involved in this because people seem to think that you cannot, if, if you're going to a hospital, you're not, you're, not, you're not believing God for healing. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're asking God to heal you, don't tell him how to do his job. If you have access to medical care, you have somebody ready to pay for it or you can pay for it yourself and you go to hospital and you get well, that in itself is a miracle. So it's really important that um, it's done holistically. The spiritual part is really important because it gives you purpose. You have to understand that there's a reason for everything. But then again, you need to also understand that you need to do what is necessary to, to live. If it means your breasts have to come off, goodbye breasts. There is the opportunity of reconstruction. I chose not to reconstruct. You can get artificial breasts. I wear breast prosthesis that can actually be taken off. And the good thing about that, I can have different sizes of breasts. I have like three different sizes. If I want small ones, I want small ones. I want big ones. I put on big ones. And if I don't want to wear breasts at all, I don't wear any breasts. So there are options. You can do reconstruction, although I strongly advise against reconstruction early because you need to finish your treatments and be cancer-free for a while. That is my own advice. Because African breasts, our breasts are very dense and you really don't want to be putting anything there when you're still within the first couple of years. That's, that's my personal opinion. But as a cancer survivor, I just think finish your treatments, be well first, then all the options that are available come later, you know. 
And, and I think and it's so important to listen to your physician. Listen to your doctor. If you notice anything slightly different, ask your doctor. Don't ask some other cancer survivor because everybody's cancer is different. Everybody's cancer experience is different. Everybody's body reacts differently to treatments. So if something is wrong, it's good to share. But please go back to your doctor. Go back to your oncologist and say, look, I'm feeling like this. I'm feeling like that. And there's medications available for side effects. And it may be that what you're on isn't working or they need to they need to tweak some things. So it's really important to understand what is going on. Read, read, read. Ask questions. If your doctor will not listen to you, find a doctor who will. You know, because I mean, I think we have how many? 67 oncologists in Nigeria at the moment? 67? So obviously they're quite busy, but there are support groups available. There are lots of support groups. There are lots of cancer survivor advocates. There's quite a few foundations that help. So it's really important that you ask questions and speak out. Cancer survivors are keeping quiet. You need to speak out. It's your right to have access to care. And if, if you're struggling, reach out. It's important to talk about it. There is no shame in having cancer, none whatsoever. But what is important is people are surviving cancer. People are getting cured. You've had cancer how long ago? Um, it's now, I'm now nine, nine years and five months. So next year will be 10 years cancer-free. That's excellent. I always learn a lot that, you know, there's life beyond cancer. You can live and live well. You know, you've emphasized the quality of life. And I think that's uh, also something that uh, Dr. Pamela Ajay wanted to touch upon about uh, uh, quality of life in all stages of, of cancer diagnosis. Yes, I, I think it's very, very important because quality of life and quality of care you know, we, we now have quality of good quality of care. But the reality is that people die. And I think it's an, it's an uncomfortable to- topic. People don't like talking about it. But I think it's important we do talk about it. We have to talk about everything. So yes, people don't have that fear. People don't, are not, a, you know, it, it clears it up. So what do you think about quality of life and end care as a yeah. survivor? Okay. Um, I watched my mother die um, of leukemia and she died in a hospice where she got to do everything she wanted to do. Um, We were conscious of time, but we knew what to expect. And what I discovered, there's such a thing as a good death. When somebody has lived a fulfilled life, everybody has had a chance to tie up loose ends. You've had a chance to say your goodbyes. You've had a chance to, to do things you probably wouldn't have had a chance to do. And then you are not in pain. That is so, so important. My mother died in my arms and I talked her through it and it was so peaceful. What makes what makes dying traumatic is when you didn't know you're going to die. Nobody told you you were going to die. And I think maybe with people who are actually extremely ill and dying and are given time, they're almost, they're almost, I mean, people have told me that at least they know their time is limited so they can live their best life. Everybody else doesn't really know what's going on. And it sounds a bit weird, but I understand what they mean. I have friends who have had metastatic cancer for nine years, 10 years. And for them, they know their time is limited. So they're doing everything they can. They've done their advanced directive. They've written their will. They've said what they want. And they're not afraid because they they know what they're dealing with. Do, Do you know what I'm saying? And I think it's so important as a cancer survivor to focus on living. There's no guarantee anybody goes to bed at night and wakes up in the morning. Even healthy people. Nobody. Thank you. There's no guarantee. Some people get run over by a bus. Some people, healthy people sleep at night and they don't wake up. 
So I tell people every single day, wake up in the morning, thank God, and live your best possible life. Don't hold grudges. Make sure you check up on loved ones. I don't know how many times we've had loved ones that we haven't been in touch with for a while or friends. Next thing you hear, the person is gone. And it's not cancer. So I think having cancer reminds you of time. That's one thing. That's one gift that cancer gave me. I'm conscious of time. I'm conscious of my loved ones. I don't waste time. I don't carry grudges. Even though I'm cancer-free now, I'm, it gave me the gift of understanding my life is a gift. Health is a gift. I don't take it for granted. But I go for my checks. Even when now what? I'm going to my 10th year. I'm still going to have a check um, in December, which is now a two-yearly check because I have a strong family history. So you don't have to wait until you have symptoms to say you want to go and do your check. It's so important. And there's so many places now within Nigeria that you can actually do your CA-153s. You can do your, your scans and stuff like that. But I think the biggest challenge, I think, for uh, Cancer Survivors Nigeria is accessibility and affordability. And that's why I'm really, really crying out that we need to bring this into universal health cover, where cancer is actually covered by the national health scheme. For most diseases, but for cancer, cancer is an extremely difficult and expensive disease to treat and to cure. And that's where early detection is so important. Removing a breast is a lot cheaper and now doing all sorts of advanced treatments because of you, you, you have uh, metastatic uh, cancer and stuff like that. So it really is that um, prevention is cheaper than cure. And then early detection is a lot cheaper than having to go into heavy and advanced treatments. So yes, we're all going to die one day. I think it's really important for people whose family members have cancer to understand what's going on. This allows you to do what you need to do. It allows you to make choices. I think hiding things from cancer patients, I don't agree with that because it doesn't allow them to close matters. It leaves things left unsaid. It leaves things uh, un undone, you know, and, and I think it's really, really important. Somebody say, oh, but don't tell them. Wouldn't you want to know if you had limited time? If somebody is dying, it's good to let them know that, look, as, as long as you're healthy, do what you can, live your best life. You know what I'm saying? You're not saying you're going to die next week. Nobody can tell you you're dying next week. But at least people should know, look, as you can see, you're not feeling very well. You're actually quite unwell. So I would encourage you to do everything you can now that you're able to do now. And then we'll take it day by day. And I, I think your message actually cuts across everyone, everywhere. And I think certainly anybody over 50 in Nigeria should be aware of that, the fact that there's limited time. And we, we all need to appreciate that and thank God for every day that we have and enjoy each day as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Even though things are difficult, but no, yeah. we are still living, we're still breathing. And we need to thank God for that. And thank God for our families and, and all the good things that God has given us, really. Now, unfortunately, time is already up. I know that um, we have to go. Um, there's something that you do have, which is the um, your breast um, um, bras, I think. Yeah, we have do you have anything? How can people reach you if they, okay. they, they need it? Okay, what I'll suggest is that is to send a DM on Instagram. That is um, at the Brycon Foundation. If they send a DM, then we'll let them know when they can come in. We still do have quite a few bras available, thanks to our donor, Nicola James. So we uh, we have quite a few still available. But, you know, with bras, it depends on the sizes. So we always encourage people to come in to be fitted. And that way we can find one, even if it's not the exact size, at least we'll find one that's close enough that they can manage pending pending when we can get them something appropriate. So they, the bras are free of charge. So, um, so hurry while Thank we still you. have. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. And Dr. Chumi, last words very quickly. 
Well, uh, I think uh, early detection is what we continue to emphasize. Uh, please go uh, and uh, do these screenings, uh, clinical breast exams, mammograms. We have to tailor treatment to exactly what anybody has. Sometimes treatment can be done without uh, removal of the breast completely. That sometimes can be the best option, but also there is breast conservation available. Uh, it's not a death sentence. Even if somebody has advanced disease, we can make them have good quality of life. That's very important. Pain control, symptom management, that's also very important. Thank you. Thank you very much. Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela.